Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Dawn is about to break in Star City. From his office perch, Green Arrow is about to call it a night and get what rest is left. It is then that his computer starts spitting out info. Six unknown enemies have suddenly appeared in different parts of the city and must be dealt with immediately. Shaking his head, Oliver grabs his bow and heads off into the night. It's Archer versus Sextant. It's Feathered Cap versus Perps from the Raft. It's Green Arrow versus the Sinister Six in a gauntlet match. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic sci-fi and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Legion of Audience, we're bringing you something completely different today. We're doing another team versus one super powerful opponent style matchup. In one corner, we have the Sinister Six, Spider-Man's most well-known and possibly most powerful team of villains from his famous rogues gallery versus the Robin Hood of DC Comics, the one and only Green Arrow. And unlike previous episodes where we do three rounds today, we are doing an unheard of six rounds of two minutes each as there are six members of the Sinister Six. Yeah, I checked the math. It all lines up. By the way... For some reason, the Who Win production team has decided that due to the new six-round format, I will not be able to do rebuttal. So I have no way to rebuttal, rebut Race to Kings' points, but that's absolutely fine because I don't think I'm actually going to need any type of rebuttal whatsoever. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And to my surprise, this is one of the most common geek culture debates ever mentioned online. I'm quite frankly shocked that it's taken this long to get this battle royale of a fight on the Who Would Win show. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm shocked by that. You know, the Green Arrow is a great character. You know, he takes out entire teams by himself at times. One of the staples of DC Comics, uh, especially lately with the big Arrowverse TV show, really taking the guy forward. We'll talk about that, though. And the Sinister Six, any way you slice it, any six villains you pick, they're Spider-Man enemies, and and they're wonderful. They're just joyous. You know, I don't even know exactly which six you might have picked for this. I'm sure you'll tell us in your thing. And I think these rules are very fair, James. A gauntlet battle with one versus six. You got to go six potential rounds with this thing. And so I think two-minute rounds makes a lot of sense. I think only letting me rebut gives me a little bit of an advantage. But you have six characters to try to beat me with. I think... All in all, I think this sounds great, and I am excited to make it happen. Look, you know, a lot of people sleep on Green Arrow. Yeah, the, the Arrow CW series is absolutely fantastic. In my opinion, that was the most powerful and best version of Green Arrow we've ever seen. But in the Marvel or the DC Comics version, Green Arrow really, in my opinion, should take the place of Batman sometimes as part of that trinity of characters, Superman, Wonder Woman. Why not Green Arrow? He can do everything Batman can do, but he's just got way longer range. That's all I'm going to say about that. Now... 
We can go back and forth, but we get we got to get to this battle. Let's see what our celebrity judge has to say about this. Making another appearance on the Woodwind Show, it's comedian, amazing dad, improv master, and podcaster extraordinaire. It's Robert Clark Chen. Robert, welcome back to Who Would Win. Well, thank you for the celebrity status. I'm uh, I'm humbled. And I would like to thank the Academy for this nomination. It means a lot. I like to thank my manager, my agents, all the guys at CAA. You're the best. Peace. You know, one one thing I think is very important to mention right here, and we have to be clear on this. We've had trouble with you as a judge in the past on episodes. Your kid is in bed right now, and there's no chance of spilling water or any of that, right? He's locked away. Uh, my understanding is you deadbolted the door. Is that correct? Yeah, for reasons separate to uh, okay. recording podcasts, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't. I, you know, I'm not going to go into parenting. it uh, because anybody who has a five year old knows why they know what he did. <laughs> you know, I often say, uh, you know, race to Canis is the reason why the Who Would Win show can't have nice things. I have a funny feeling that's a common thing in your household as well with kids. You know, I'm a dad as well. I get it. It's all good. But listen, we have an insane matchup. Robert Clark Chan, are you up for this challenge, this new format? Can you keep control over the forces that are about to be at play here with race to Canis and myself? I mean, here's the thing. I take copious notes. Whenever I'm a judge, I make sure that I keep tabs on everything that's said here. And as long as this notepad file holds out, I'll be here for it. All right, I'm going to take your word for it. Okay, let's just do this. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the team that fits right in between the Fab Five and the Magnificent Seven, the Sinister Six. And representing DC Comics, the hero who makes all who stand before him quiver, Green Arrow. Love it. All right. Listen, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a who would win match. Rule number one, each debater will make, in this case, six points. This is crazy. Rule number two, the who would match the random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, listen, we know the rules, okay? We're doing something crazy. We've got six rounds here. Let's just get to it because I'm going to be absolutely insane with excitement with all of this. Don't forget to leave the Hoodwin Show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you listen to podcasts. Need to supercharge your hiring? You need a super hiring partner. You need Indeed. I've been a fan of Indeed.com for a long time and been singing their praises for even longer. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed is that not only can you find a great job on Indeed.com, start there, great place to look, but if you're hiring, you can invite candidates, right? Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply for your job than candidates who just kind of see it in a random search. That's according to US Indeed data. It's like you invite somebody and they feel welcome to your party, right? They're more likely to want to work for you or at least check out what this job's all about. And we'll get you one step closer to that hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates with Indeed. Indeed's going to do the hard work for you. It shows you the candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your description immediately after you post. You're going to find the people. They're going to put them right in front of you so you can hire even faster. And these are quality candidates. These are people who already meet your minimum expectations right off the top at the beginning. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash WWW. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash WWW. Indeed.com slash WWW. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Green Arrow. Green Arrow is a Robin Hood-looking rich guy who protects Star City. He was created by Mort Weisinger and George Papp and first appeared in More Fun Comics number 73 back in 1941. Oliver Queen is a famous businessman by day and a vigilante crime fighter by night. He carries a quiver of trick arrows and is a master shot with a bow and an exceptional hand-to-hand fighter. Green Arrow has gone on to join the Justice League, but his popularity really came into its own with the creation of the CW TV show Arrow back in 2012. Fun fact, Robin Hood is the obvious influence for the original incarnation of Green Arrow. But have you ever considered how his creators leaned very heavily, James mentioned it, into another DC character? You know, Batman? If you think about it, Green Arrow is a regular human with no powers who had a red and yellow clad sidekick, used his arrow car and aeroplane, built an arrow cave where he lives and as his crime fighting, and he can be reached with an arrow signal. He has a rich playboy alter ego as well. Look, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. That is Green Arrow. Look, the Green Arrow character is insanely different than uh, Batman Race to Canis. Uh, if you looked at the big difference between the two, you would see how these characters are nothing alike. Batman has a Batcave, and Green Arrow has a cave for all of his stuff that acts as his headquarters that is called the Quiver. These are two completely totally different, different characters, Race to Canis. Totally different characters. Yeah, oh, my different. bad. Yeah, that's all right. All right, now here are the details for the Sinister Six. The Sinister Six was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and they first appeared in the Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number 1 in January of 1964. The Sinister Six has had many members, but in today's battle, I'll be using the version that has the characters of Dr. Octopus, Kraven, Sandman, Shocker, Vulture, and Rhino. 
Dr. Octopus, after being defeated by Spider-Man, realized that fighting him alone may not be effective. Therefore, he came up with the idea to gather other supervillains who had also been defeated by Spider-Man to combine their forces and take him down together. The Sinister Six believe that by working together and coordinating their attacks, they can exploit Spider-Man's weaknesses and overpower him. And here's an interesting fact about the Sinister Six. Did you know that the team of the Sinister Six puts the fun in dysfunctional? It's true. Despite being a team of some of Spider-Man's most dangerous adversaries, they have consistently failed to work well together due to their clashing egos and inability to share the spotlight. This lack of teamwork has often led to their plans falling apart, allowing Spider-Man to defeat them even when they should have had the upper hand. It seems that their shared hatred for Spider-Man isn't enough to overcome their personal rivalries and desire for individual recognition, making their team dynamic, ironically, dysfunctional. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Robert, do you have any questions before we get started? I'm sorry, I've already made the judgment because uh, Arrow's first appearance was in More Fun Comics. It's more Come fun, on now. Jim. That's the most amazing name for a comic book ever. I, I, I'm, at, I'm just picturing like early 90s image comics named More Fun Comics instead of Death, Blade, Murder, Blood, Show... <laughs> Dot you know, I picture I picture some like executive being like, look, you know, those other Marvel comics are fun and all. Uh, but how do we let people know that our comics are more fun than theirs? Wait, I got it. More fun comics. Print it. <laughs> also, uh, uh, be, since uh, the Sinister Six puts the fun in dysfunctional, uh, does that make Arrow more functional or more dysfunctional? Oh, I guess that's really what I'm going to be expecting to hear that's from it. you uh, in this debate. So. Hmm. I mean, these are all fair questions and great statements. All right, Ray, uh, listen, you know you're going up against the Sinister Six, but I'm just going to let you know the very first person of the Sinister Six that I will be bringing to the battle will be the Shocker. Awesome. Okay, so here we go. Point number one for Green Arrow versus the Shocker. One of the things I want to talk about with Green Arrow is, first off, he's got an incredible amount of training. Like, he might just be a regular human with just no powers, uh, but that doesn't mean he has no abilities, right? He has an exceptional amount of athleticism and speed. He's been known to dodge, of course, bullets like many other people in, in every comic book realm ever. When you're shooting vibration rays, as the Shocker's gauntlets will do, I think it's extremely, not just possible, but probable that Green Arrow will absolutely see that particular attack coming. He will be able to jump and leap and dodge out of the way, probably jump over the Shocker at a certain point and hit him from behind because he is an exceptionally well-trained fighter, right? Not only does he have uh, the, the speed, is he good... Does he have good punching power? But he also trained, check this out, he trained with Deathstroke's teacher, Natas. That's Satan backwards. I don't know if it's Natas, Natas. Well, Deathstroke uh, is was trained by this guy, and we all know how great a fighter Deathstroke is and everything that he learned along the way. Well, Green Arrow spent one full year training hardcore with Deathstroke's teacher, essentially to allow him to fight super-powered characters of all ilk and all kinds. And I do want to, two minutes is not a lot of time. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, arrows. We got to talk about his special arrows. He's got a flashbang arrow, which will essentially blind his enemies, uh, and then deafen them for a certain period of time. It's also been known to emit a gas that causes them to fall asleep. So I have to believe against a character like shocker, who's going to be a little loose with his vibration gauntlets. If you just shoot an arrow, that's going to cause a flashbang. You're going to knock him a little bit, uh, silly, and then go in with the bow and smack him with it to knock him out. And if that doesn't work, he does have have an EMP arrow as well. 
That's been known to short out electricity. Vibration gauntlets are an electrical attack. So if you can EMP the gauntlets at the end of the day, shockers only just wearing what, like a a cotton uh, sweater. At the end, it's bye-bye shocker. Wow, that's my time. That's point number one. So much to push back on, but I, I, I'm I, not allowed to do any of that. All right, fine. I'm that's just going right. to jump into my point number one. Okay, cool. Whatever. I got this. Let's jump into the supervillainous shocker, otherwise known as the absolutely terrifying uh, Herman Schultz. Great name for a villain. Now, even I have to admit the shocker is probably the weakest link in the Sinister Six, but I really think he's still powerful enough to take out Green Green Arrow. In fact, he's actually the perfect villain as his his powered suit, which gives him that power vibration, is actually Green Arrow's kryptonite. Let me explain real quick. So according to Marvel Wiki, the shocker has two what are called vibro shock units. Then when by the way, shouldn't it be called vibro or vib- vibration man or something? It's it's so anyway. So Shocker has these two vibro shock units that when I guess they're activated by a thumb trigger. They project a blast of air, which is kind of weird, that is vibrated at intense frequency. I don't get how this works. It just does. This evidently allows the Shocker to throw long-range vibrational punches, as well as vibrating the structure of something in order to weaken or destroy it. Uh, when he holds the thumb triggers down for a extended period of time, this increases the intensity, speed, and even spread of the air blast. This, wow, okay. But here's the reason. The other, oh, sorry, the other really cool part. The vibro shock units, that's what it's called, can add power to his punches uh via trip hammer vibration shock i don't know how this works but evidently this makes him be able to punch 12 times harder but all of this is important why because the vast majority of green arrows uh arrows are activated by vibration his explosive arrows they're set up by vibrations his net arrows are set up by vibration his boxing glove arrow his most powerful arrow of all is set off by vibrations all of his arrows are typically active activated and set off by some type of vibration which then Let's you know do what it's got to do. So, what happens when the shocker activates his vibrational abilities in Green Arrow's direction at a distance? Well, all of his arrows go off at the same time in his quiver, which at the very least takes out all of his weaponry, or in another highly likely scenario, absolutely knocks out, incapacitates, or actually kills Green Arrow. Remember, he is simply human after all. Put all that together, vibro shock units. That's my point number one. Okay, hold on. That's crazy talk. Green Arrow has been in all kinds of different combat situations with his arrows getting bounced around, vibrated. Look, he fights vibrating type characters in DC all the time. And and let's face it, we never see that happen, James. I'm glad that you think it's... I thought you were going to go with like uh, Shocker would try to drop a building on him or something, but you didn't. All you're talking about is, is vibrating the arrows. That is just not a thing that we have seen. There is an assumption. I didn't actually look into it because I didn't think you'd be crazy enough to go this route. But there is an assumption that there is something that prevents those arrows from detonating while in his quiver on his back. Otherwise, he would have been killed 50 times over by now. And we all know that is not something that has happened. Look, he's going to EMP shocker. Gauntlets won't work. And he's going to come up and he's going to knock him out with the bow. This is easy city. I'm ready for round two. All right, Robert Clark Chan, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. You've heard a rebuttal from Ray. Uh, Where's your head at so far with this battle? Uh, Well, I guess, uh, yeah, round one of the gauntlet. You got arrow. He's got speed, athleticism, sure. I got that. He's Batman-ish. He's going to dodge the vibrations coming off the the vibro-shock gauntlets. I gotcha. He studied under Deathstroke's teacher, Natas. 
Nice. That's, uh, it, it sounds like he's a better fighter. So even though uh, um, Shocker's got the vibro shot gloves and he can punch 12 times harder than a normal human, I guess, I really don't see him landing a punch because, yeah, Arrow's just got, uh, got him in spades there. So he's got these vibration gauntlets. I mean, the thing that I keep returning to is what you said about the most powerful weapon in in Arrow's arsenal, the boxing glove Arrow, and honestly, I, I, y- you said that like oh, he probably has something that prevents uh, the arrows from detonating, but you didn't say what. You didn't say anything. You just said he probably has something. Uh, I need more specificity than that. Honestly, I think Shocker vibrates that boxing glove Arrow. It explodes in his quiver, taking out every other arrow in that quiver and cutting the guy in half arrow loses in the first round to shocker what (laughs) okay i guess this is where i say and there you have it uh sorry okay i I was prepared for five more characters but you know the (laughs) that's one of the rules the judge has the final say okay uh well congrats me ray we're we're you were here too. What? I'm not really. I'm at a loss. Where's your head at with this um, well debated, uh, still loss on on your hands? That's it. I spent hours researching for six. I researched for basically 15 different characters that have appeared in the Sinister Six because I you wouldn't tell me which six you were going to use. And that's it. Shocker detonates the arrows with his vibration. What are we talking about? You you I'm mean, not possible. serious right now. It's a thing. I'll, I'll say this, uh, you know, maybe bring your A game up front next time, Ray. I Wow. I put so much time in it. We've never done a gauntlet match before. We came up with these. You know how long it took to come up with these rules? To <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm almost, almost on I the verge all, of drinking a Pepsi Max. I have six times the amount of research honestly quite a bit more than I do for any single battle sitting in front of me now unusable. That's what I mean. This is all unusable right now. We still have like 50 more minutes of show to go. 50 more minutes of show. What, what am I supposed to? All right. Well, I got one idea.
Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. We host Gutting the Sacred Cow, the best and most unique movie debate podcast out there. Why? Because we invite our guests to pick a film that they find overrated or hate and try to convince us to see their argument. They must pick a film that is a financial success, widely beloved, or critically acclaimed. That's right. Some of the films our guests have tried to eviscerate, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Pulp Fiction, Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. GuttingTheSacredCow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.